from the Thai Cats Audio Network. This is the Thai Cats This Week with RJ Broadhead and Luke Tasker. Tiger Cats are three and six and hitting the road for their furthest trip of the season off to Vancouver to play the Blee Sea Lions on Saturday. That is a 7 o'clock Eastern time start. We will have the game for you on the Ticats Audio Network, but that is significant that it is not a, a super late start, which could be a, a factor, maybe help the Tiger Cats a little bit. We'll have to see, but uh, welcome to Ticats this week. I'm RJ Broadhead along with Luke Tasker, and Luke, that loss against Edmonton, their first win of the season, there's a lot of things combined in there that make that feel like it was a tough loss and maybe a low point of the season. How, how have you uh, looked at that as you reflect on it this week? Yeah, the same. I'd say that was that Edmonton game feels like a low point. It was tough. You, they were, the Ticats coming off of a bye week and now going into an extended week here from a Thursday to a, sat, to a Saturday, that always felt like another bye week when you're in there. You know, you get uh, just a lot of time between those games. And so it's just like a lull in the season, right? Not a lot going on and a really unfortunate loss to a team that you played very well a few weeks back and and beat in Edmonton and so and of course yeah the CFL storyline of course of of Edmonton uh breaking their losing streak um uh and Trey Ford you know uh playing a, a good game there so yeah a low point for the Tiger Cats in a in a time now that they need to sort of bounce back from that uh not easy to go out west uh and and do that uh in BC yeah, there's you, you can pull a ton of negatives out of that game, but you know, try to think of some positives moving forward. And <laughs> Tiger Cats got some help. Calgary and Ottawa, two teams that are theoretically behind them, of course, in the standings. Ottawa is behind them, and with that crossover, just have to stay even with Calgary. And I guess the fact that uh, Hamilton has the season series on Ottawa, just have to stay even with them and stay even with Edmonton, they stay ahead of those three teams, and they're in a playoff spot. So despite the low point of the season, the loss to Edmonton, the week ends, and the Tiger Cats are still in a playoff spot, with Calgary and Ottawa both losing by one point, barely losing. So pretty crazy how how that kind of worked yeah. out in the Tiger Cats' favor, and that just kind of leads me to believe that maybe some good things are are coming for the Tiger Cats, despite how frustrating that, that loss was. They did get some help, and after that, they're still in a playoff spot, which means they still hold their fate in their own hands, and we don't have to talk about must-wins yet. <laughs> You're so right. Not yet. The You know, I, I, I'm encouraged. Like, you, point, you look back, and the thing that jumps out about the Edmonton game that's sort of encouraging in a sense is that there's there's some areas that are just so obvious if you if you eliminate this this category of of mistakes or or bad play you know it's going to look different and the one is is the seven sacks you know that's just yes. an outrageous number to have in a football game uh and it, almost not obviously it's never it's never obvious you know with the, the offensive line play is a mystery to to, to onlookers you know uh, uh so often but you know that's a combination of offensive line play and Taylor Powell's movement in the pocket, and so if they kind of can get some can can make some headway there and 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 uh, and uh, you know fix some of those issues, even if you can cut that number in half in this next week as you go to BC, that's going to look a lot different. That's a lot of drives that have a little bit more life when you don't have when you don't take that sa- those sacks, and so uh, would love to see that uh, uh, get a little better out in Vancouver. Uh, Taylor Powell protected the football through the air. You know, he had that had that fumble uh, as he was uh, running out of the pocket. 
Um, and that's a good play. You know, that was Ed Gainey who, who made that uh, happen. Uh, that's a good play. And that's going to happen sometimes. But Taylor Powell is protecting the ball through the air. So can they can they continue to protect the football, eliminate some of those sacks, and then can you try to move the ball down the field a little bit more through the air, a young quarterback trying not trying to protect the football, uh, but finishing some of those drives in the end zone. And, yeah, it looks a little different. But honestly, I'm not I'm not totally discouraged uh, by the Ticat offense either. Taylor Powell has a lot of 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 things to learn and a lot of uh, you know. There, I expect to see him get better and better each week. He's he's going to experience a learning curve here in these first starts in the CFL. So we'll see if you know a trip out to Vancouver can be a part of his uh, part of the fix for him. Yeah, it would be good. We know BC's a really good team uh, coming off a loss against Saskatchewan, so they're going to be hungry. Uh, another. I don't know if it's a positive to take from the the game against Edmonton, but when you look at the points that the Ticats left on the table and should have had, and normally in a game would have had, they had enough to win. Three missed field goals, that's rare. That is not going to happen very often. A missed convert, that's an area that has happened too much this year. Six for ten in in one-point converts. I'm sure that's something that's being worked on. And Tyreek McAllister, second time this year, he's run a, a punt back for a touchdown that's been called back due to yeah. penalties. Um, so you add that up, you don't even put a, a convert on that touchdown. That's 16 points for the Tiger Cats. That's enough to win that football game. So mm-hmm. there's another, I, I guess, uh, learning tool to be, look, guys, like we got to get these points when, when we have the chance. And they've talked about it all season, getting touchdowns instead of field goals. But uh, so many things in the last, Eight games of the season now that the Tiger Cats have to have to fix. Nine games of the season. But when you look at those points left on the table, it was enough to beat Edmonton. That's that's a, a bit surprising and encouraging at the same time. Yeah, and that's that's making those what were make, very makeable field goals. Then especially if you can turn some of those drives into touchdowns too, and that's just an ongoing issue. And uh, you know. A change at, at that was the first game with the change at offensive coordinator Scott Milanovic calling plays now, and so that progression, you know, you hope to see their score zone efficiency increase. You know, and this is a long week, and and there's a lot there's a lot you can get done in that many days between games. Uh, uh, you know, Scott Milanovic and Taylor Powell. That's sort of I I want to see how how that progresses. Uh, are they able to figure out a game plan that really makes Taylor Powell feel comfortable and some play calling that allows him to do what he's good at? Uh, uh, we'll see. I would love to see the comfort level uh, increase, you know? Yeah, and I think it will. It kind of strange how it worked out with the with the change, and maybe it was, it was planned, but uh, Malinovich was brought in during a bye week, so that's a lot of getting used to. But this has been a long week. Tiger Cats... Played last Thursday. They don't play again till Saturday. And then they have another really long week because after this game, they don't play until Labor Day against the Argos. So there's another long span in there where yeah. Scott can maybe implement his, his plan. So in a in an odd way, this this might work out for the Tiger Cats where, where Scott has a, a lot of time to work with, with Taylor Powell and hopefully the results show. One thing that stands out to me, Luke, is... is Taylor Powell has to figure out a way to 
start throwing a deeper ball. Uh, everything's been short, and teams will pick up on that pretty pretty quickly, I would think. If if I've picked up on it, I assume defensive coordinators have. <laughs> yeah, in fact, you even saw Edmonton uh, uh, play a pretty a pretty tight defensive coverage at, for most of that game. Um, you know, if 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 you're not exactly threatened by the by a deep ball, they, you can take out space uh, for pre-snap. You know, for, uh, as a defensive coordinator and receivers, are, you know, then they have to play the whole game with a guy right up in their face. You know, guys within five yards of the line of scrimmage, and uh, it, it's disruptive to routes. You know, you got to be able to uh, threaten uh, the deep ball. We'll see. We, we you've got Terry Godwin coming back into the the lineup. Um, a guy who I've loved watching for for this entire season. Uh, you know, we've seen a couple times him in that sort of ten to twenty yard range. Those fifteen yard catches crossing the middle. We've seen some great catches and some uh, good route running. Would love to see him get back involved quickly in the lineup and maybe you know be part of Taylor Powell's growth and progression of being able, having the confidence and the ability to move the ball down the field in bigger chunks. Yeah, Terry Godwin out last game due to illness. He is back in and statistically has had a a great season for the Tiger Cats. Anthony Johnson will be out for the Tiger Cats, which probably is the the biggest, uh, most significant change in the in the depth chart going into BC against the Lions. Having him back will help. James Butler had a a big game. He's had two r- really big games this year. Both are against Edmonton. Kind of get the feeling from uh, from Butler that playing against his former team that might give him some motivation. I think he's he's got to show that he'll he can have big games against other teams other than the Elks, and I think it starts on Saturday, don't you? Yeah, and man, something back and forth this whole season has just been uh, just been such a thorn for the Tie Cats is you know the, the the balance of the run in the past. It's like you can only get one or the other, and if they can have James Butler getting that six, seven yards on first down. If they can have him converting the short second downs and, and you know, alleviate some of the pressure on a young quarterback who's trying to establish a passing game. I mean, that the hand, the hand in hand is just, is just always uh, fruitful for, for an offense. And as we've talked many times, it's the offensive line do best when there's a successful run game, uh, allowing them to, to pass protect better. And so, uh, a combination of some James Butler uh, 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 productivity with Terry Godwin and Duke Williams and uh, Tim White and the rest, and you know if we can see some all these guys uh, compiling together, part of the part of the deal is just you know keeping the ball in that offense's hands. And uh, the games that have got away from the Tie Cats, um, like the second half here with uh, against Edmont- against Edmonton. It's like the the deep it, that that defense carries a pretty heavy burden, you know, with you know just being unable to get off the field and then coming right back on when that when they do get off. Yeah, the, the defense is is a, a topic too, and for the most part they've been good. But that that rushing statistic just blows my mind every time I look at it. They still struggle. 165 yards rushing the Elks had. That's the most the Tie Cats have allowed this season. Eight of nine games, they've allowed at least 100 yards rushing, and there's there's various reasons for that. It's not just a straight statistic. Sometimes teams have had leads, and sometimes they get the, the huge run that accumulates the the yardage. But I, I looked a little deeper, Luke, and, and maybe you can uh, tell me if this is significant or not, but the opposition has rushed 21 or more times against Hamilton in seven of nine games. So they're 
they have a game plan going in to, to rush the football, it seems. To put that into perspective, Hamilton's rushed the ball 20 times just twice this season. So opposition have done it seven of nine games against the Ticats. Ticats offense has done it just twice. So that tells me that teams want to try to run the ball against uh, against the Tiger Cats, and maybe some of it's score dictated, but that's not the case in the past. Teams kind of abandoned the run after a, a couple of tries that weren't successful. It seems like there's a bit of a switch this year. Yeah, you're right. The years that, that you and I have been calling the games, we've been used to a, tie, a very stout Ticats defense against the run, and this it, it, everything every year changes, right? But part of that too is the run game eats up the clock too and we've seen that so many times where just even a you know a quarter the third quarter say it's just disappeared on the tight cats like it's, it's just it, you know the, the clock just gets eaten up immediately we had a first quarter game in, uh, in that game in edmonton that the first quarter was in real time 31 minutes like it just like it was like really really fast uh and and the run game you know uh, you know speeds up the the, the pace of play um but you know you're right. I mean, teams going back to the run after having success, it's just uh, it's a slow bleed, right? And the Ticats have not not been uh, as good against that in the run stop uh, that that we've been used to in the other in years past. And of course, BC's one of the top teams. They've they've got some top receivers. Alex Hollins had a a huge game in that loss against Saskatchewan. He's the second leading receiver coming into this week. They've. They've got a long list of, of receivers, and Mizell, their running backs, had a pretty good year just behind James Butler in the, the CFL rushing leaders. So it's, uh, this, this is a tough, tough offense, and it, it might be, besides Winnipeg and Toronto, one of the, the toughest tests to, to shut down the, the BC Lions, which not many teams have been able to do, and maybe they can take some, uh, some hints from that Saskatchewan victory, but... The Lions almost came back to win that game after being in a big hole. So this, yeah. this is a tough game. Yeah, good team uh, in BC, and you know, I just I can I feel like I can remember every single time I went out to BC. Like it's just every time was a memorable trip. Uh, I I do remember we lost some close games and we won out in BC as well. And uh, it's just a it, it's sort of a for some reason it's a checkpoint in the season you know as a tie cat team or an east division you're only going to ever go you only go out there once a year right and it's sort of on your radar it's just a, it's a fun trip and and that may sound sort of meaningless but truthfully and you know you're 3 and 6 you you got to go enjoy this you got to go uh, you know dream big and go out there and, and and intend to win that game and enjoy being with the team on sort of an extended uh road trip west uh it's a great stadium to play in uh, and it would be a real great, great opportunity and a great part of this season to bounce back from an Edmonton loss at home and to go out west and win. You mentioned at the top of the show here that that it's a 7 p.m. Hamilton time kickoff, which is I remember I remember a week you were having an 8 p.m. BC time kickoff. So you're oh. t- kicking off at 11 p.m. Uh, you know home time. And that was that's that seemed like a joke. The that that time yeah. when we did that. Uh, that's bizarre. Uh, but this is a helpful uh, uh, kickoff time, uh, and and uh, and a great opportunity. And and uh, so you got to frame that way as a player. You you know you're you can't you can't uh, 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 you know you can't ever expect the worst. And you you go play for the best. And and uh, why not make it you know the best day uh, to have? Why not make it the day to have your best game? Um, you know, RJ, as you look ahead, <laughs> you mentioned Labor Day. 
of course, Toronto, and they're uh, playing very, very well. But there's a lot of Toronto, Winnipeg, and and you start here with BC ahead of you on this schedule here. So, uh, the, you know, the Ticats, no better time than now to start turning over some of the some of the pages we've mentioned here. Yeah, you. So you were a great player, Luke. We all know that, but you're also a glue guy. And you and I were talking before we we uh, began Ticats this week, talking uh, off camera and. <laughs> Something that might help the Tiger Cats on this trip and going forward in the season is after practice on Thursday, they flew to Vancouver. So all day Friday, they've got. So they've got a chance for, for real team bonding. And then they, they play Saturday at 4 o'clock BC time, 7 o'clock Eastern time. But having that full day on the road together as a team, is that significant? Oh, that's great. It's just great. It's the best, the best. Uh, well, well, it's tied for the best of cities to of the road trips. I mean, I, I actually, I kind of like. It's one of my favorite parts of the CFL was our was our was is the road trips and but Vancouver's great. I mean, we walked all over the city. Well, wait, know, wait, wait a second. There's a tie. So Vancouver, you got to let us know who where Vancouver's <laughs> tied with. Well, you know, I actually loved Calgary too. But I love Ottawa and Montreal. I mean, you know, they're it's just they're fun to go to. Calgary, we spent so, so long in. Is it an eight-way tie for first place? <laughs> <laughs> now, I love Regina, RJ, but I can't. I can't. For I know, I know that's your that you're out there. You're you're a Saskatchewan guy, but our, uh, Regina, though I love it, golf's is a great steakhouse, but but uh, probably not tied for the for the best uh, road trip. I would say. Okay. Uh, but uh, Calgary, though, we spent weeks out there because we would put, do the Edmonton-Calgary week where we'd stay out west and, and uh, just a phenomenal city, uh, uh, Lake Louise, we would go to. I <laughs> don't want to get sidetracked here. I can get carried away on all the every city. But uh, 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 Ottawa and Montreal were a blast, too. But in Vancouver, we'd walk all over the city. You know, we'd go, we'd go have, a, have a fun day. We'd go, you know, we'd go see everything. And that, it really is. It makes the whole team, you know, when you do that kind of stuff together, everybody, it's, it's no different than... It's no different than even if you're not an athlete. It's no different than when you're when you when your company does some sort of uh, event or thing like that, and you just you learn you you know your coworkers better after that week. And it's no it's no real different except imagine at the end of your work weekend trip, then you have to all together go get in a street fight with another company's <laughs> work event. You know, imagine how much strong. Imagine how much more friend more better friends you'd be after that. That's kind of what it's like on a football road trip when you have that time together and. You know, obviously, you get you know the Pacific Coast uh, sushi and all that kind of stuff too, and so it is. It is. It's great, and I'm I'm glad that they that they that they go out there a day early. That's that's uh, that's what I would do if I was uh, if I was calling the shots. And so, uh, you know, hopefully they do. Hopefully, hopefully they're smiling and walking around and, and excited with you know positive energy, ready to go play a, a great football game. And I, I want to touch on this just because you kind of brought it up with the, the teams remaining for the Tiger Cats. They've got four home games remaining. Toronto, Winnipeg, Calgary, and BC at home. So it's uh, they, they, Toronto's the only East Division team that they've got remaining at home. On the road, mm-hmm. five games. That includes Saturday in BC. They'll be in Ottawa, in Toronto, in Saskatchewan, in Montreal. So four games remaining against the East, five against the West. So breaking things down, it's uh, it's an important stretch, and and going into BC and stealing one would be would be huge. Uh, when you when you look at that schedule, the teams three and six 
still holding their fate in their own hands coming into this week in in third place in the East Division. That is a playoff position. Um, it's a tough schedule, though. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it is tough. The uh, it's almost like all the game, all the games are tough, right? RJ, it's like yeah. it's it, it's the, the it still comes down to not who you're playing, but what you're doing and how how well are you executing? And the Ticats, the focus is is internal. You've got to you've got to fix the sacks. You've got to make your field goals. You've got to uh, you've you've started to protect the football. You got to continue doing that. You've got to start taking away the football. That's been an ongoing uh, uh, problem for the Ticat defense, right? Um, penalties have got have ebbed and flowed through the season, uh, but I don't know what your perception of this is, RJ. Even in games where there has been a lot, there's been some costly penalties, like penalties at the wrong yes. time or the wrong yes. kind of penalty, and you got and you, so you continue to work on that sort, the discipline part of the thing too. And so, yeah, it's a tough schedule, and and no matter who it is, you're going to have to start winning football games pretty soon here. And so you got to you got to go one at a time here, and 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 why not start in Vancouver? Yeah, a couple stand out. The uh, the roughing the punter against Montreal, and of course last game, Hamilton took four penalties. Two of them came on the Tyreek McAllister punt return that would have been a, a touchdown. So you're right. The the timing of the penalties. It, the good news is they only took four penalties. The timing was it it, it yeah. was it was costly. And I've talked to coaches and players. That's a fixable problem. Yeah, for sure, uh, it is the same, same as turnovers. For the most part, turnovers are are are, are very fixable. Um, certainly, in the category of, of interceptions and 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 ball security, that Taylor Powell fumble is. You want him to have better ball security, but a quarterback looking down that is classic. You got to give it to the defense to to force the, the, that type of thing. But even that is a is a, a teachable moment and. Yeah, certainly it's fixable. That's why there's hope. That's why you know. That's why it's almost easier to be a player uh, at times in situations like like this in a season than it is to be a fan or an analyst because you, as a player, you, you know that this week might be the week where 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 you where your team corrects those things all at once. Where where you start where the dominoes start to fall the right direction, and you have ball security and you have good decision making that avoids penalties. Uh, and so the, you have control as a player, so it makes so it gives you some confidence. It makes you feel good as a fan. You're just sitting there, you know, like in a straitjacket, rocking back and forth because you just have nothing that you can do to help to help. And so you just have to sit and and, and just watch it happen. And the uh, you know uh, it kind of goes in line with this BC trip is that you know at some point you just you're going to learn. You, you got to hope that you're just going to learn to correct the things you, that you haven't been been doing right and and have a positive uh, mindset towards towards your preparation and execution. Yeah. So from a fan's perspective, Luke, and and I want you to to kind of put the fans at ease because. Tiger Cats lose to Edmonton. That's tough. Lose at home to Edmonton. Now it's a tough road trip to go out to BC. They're a terrific football team. Um, looking at it on paper, it's it's tough. It looks like it's going to be tough for the Tiger Cats. What do you want to see from them on Saturday if they're going to win the football game? Yeah, you know what's interesting about the BC Lions is actually they also have a negative turnover ratio right now. And they're a win good football yeah. team winning games, but they they haven't done great in the turnover category either. I would love to see this tie cat defense take the football away. I would love to see st- you're stealing a few drives, a few opportunities for your offense. 
Uh, and then we've already touched on, you know, I, I just we, you have to establish a better passing game uh, for the Ticats offense. Uh, and and so what I want to see is the progression of of Taylor Powell and the involvement of of uh, the receiving core. Um, those two factors right there would be a great start, winning the turnover ratio and, a, and an effective passing game. Uh, mixed bag we've gotten from the Ticat special teams, don't you think? Like it's been, uh, you've mentioned the Tyreek McAllister uh, missed uh, missed uh, return touchdowns. Um, you know, I, I, w- I would love to see just a winning a special teams game, and that's sort of an open-ended sort of metric. It's not exactly scientific, but... We could start with a field position, just just winning the field position battle, making that BC Lions offense that's operating very effectively. Well, if you can make them go 100 yards uh, a, a lot of the game, you know, way behind their own 20 to start, not 80, uh, 90, 100 yards if they can if they can have to run the whole field. If they're starting their drives near that center line, you know, if they're up at their 50, if they're at the center line, if they're if they're at, in Ticats territory, that's that is a difficult. That's going to be a difficult. 60 minutes for the Ticat defense. Uh, so we'll see. It, you know, it's it's. if you wanted to boil down my answer to that question, it's three phases of the football game with a slight advantage in each one. You know, you just got to win these individual battles to give uh, to have good complementary football. Well, that, that's great, Luke, and it gives fans and, and us, while we're calling the game, a little something to watch, and uh, and we'll certainly be uh, be updating everybody on how the Tiger Cats are going, and this would be huge. This could be uh, totally change the season for the Tiger Cats, going into into Vancouver and getting a win. Uh, Luke, looking forward to to seeing you uh, at the at the game, and uh, and we'll see. We'll see. Maybe it's a it's a big road win for the Tiger Cats, but. Uh, we know it's a battle of the big cats, so we'll see which one comes out on top. Awesome. Looking forward to it, RJ. See you there. So, Tiger Cats game day with Mike Daly and Courtney Steven. That will be coming out before the game. And, of course, the pregame show starts at 6 o'clock Eastern time. Please note that. It is not a super late start in, in B.C., so Baba and Andy Fantuz will have the pregame show beginning at 6. Luke and I will have the play-by-play at 7 o'clock as the Tiger Cats visit the B.C. Lions. That's Saturday at 7 o'clock on the Ticats Audio Network. Thanks for listening to Ticats this week. It's been another busy week for your Hamilton Tiger Cats. Luke Tasker and RJ Broadhead have covered it all, and now we would like to hear from you. Email us anytime at gamedayatiecats.ca. Subscribe to the Ticats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.